0: And I just wanted to give a little testimony, too. Uh, when I first came to this church, uh, Neil Johnson, he, he taught me the, the 18 lessons. And even though I was going to Bible school, I, I learned a lot, even from the foundation. And it's really important that, especially as new Christians, that we get that foundation and, and get it in our minds and hearts. And so when the storms come, we'll, we'll be strong. And Neil, Neil Johnson is the one that went, went through it with me. And I remember, remember the first time. And, I, and in one way, I, I didn't think I needed it. But, but as, as time went on, I realized, oh, yeah, it's a foundation. If you, um, w- before the economy got bad, if you go through Seattle and, and you see when they're building a big building, what, what they do is they, they dig a big hole in the ground. And then you drive by and you drive by. And nothing's happening. It seems like there's nothing happening for like a year or a year and a half. Finally, when they get the foundation done, then what happens is they start building the building. The building doesn't take long, but the foundation itself takes really, it seems like it takes forever for them to get the foundation built. So in the same way as, as our Christian life, it's really important that we, we get that foundation through, through the 18 lessons. And then when the storms come and when the earthquakes come, you'll, you'll be strong and be able to go through the, the testing and, and go through the earthquakes. So uh, now, now is the time for um, uh, offering. Let's take offering. And the Bible says that, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always have all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. The best thing we can do is be givers. When, when we're giving, we're giving a part of our lives that, that can never be replaced. One thing in our life that we can't replace is the time that we've, that's behind us. And so when we give our offering and tithes, we're really giving something that's really important. We're giving a part of our lives. And, and I think the best thing that we can do is be givers because we're sowing into God's, God's kingdom. We're sowing into the work and our treasures are, are going to heaven we're moth and rust and nothing, nobody can steal it. So, so the, really the best thing we can do is be cheerful givers before, before him. There is no God like our God No other name, voting for our praise A God of salvation that cannot be moved is proving himself to be faithful and true. There is no wrong, there is no God like our God Go, Ages! Go, Galveston! Jesus is the
1: rock of the pages. Jesus is the rock of the pages.
0: Jesus is the rock. Here we go. There is no rock. There is no God like us. Hey, Father, just thank you for... This morning, and I just pray that these finances will be used for, the, for your glory and, and for your, your kingdom. And I just pray, too, that um, everyone, too, that as they give, that you would bring blessing upon their lives, too. That they would see the importance of giving. That they would have the heart of just cheerfully giving for, for the things of the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so this morning this morning we're going to talk about plants. And so you might think, well, what, what does it mean to talk about plants during, during this time? But what we're really talking about is how to be fruitful, being fruitful for God's kingdom. God has a plan and purpose for all of us, and he wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to do great and mighty things for his glory. He, wants to, he ha- has a desire to use us, and so we're going to talk about how we can be fruitful for, for his kingdom. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you have called us and you want to use us for your work and for kingdom purposes. And these purposes we know that are eternal, that everything we do for you is, is not forgotten, is not lost, but, but it'll last forever. The things that we do for your kingdom and that you've called us to do will carry on throughout the ages. And so we thank you for what you're going to do and that this Time and Jesus' name, we pray, Amen. So let's go to John uh, fifteen one through eight, and we're talking about a producing uh, fruit and how God, hooking up with Jesus and our relationship with Him, will help us to produce the fruit that He wants us to produce. Let's, let's take a look at it. John fifteen one through eight and sixteen. It says, "I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser." Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches." He who abides in me, and I am in him, bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and it appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in my Father's name, he he may give you. So what word do we see here that's repeated over and over again? It's abide, isn't it? Abiding. Abiding, yeah. Okay, that's, that's, that's a good one too, Don. Good one, yeah. So, so abiding, abiding. What does it mean to, to abide? And to, be, to abide means that we're, we're spending time with the Lord and fellowship with him. And that, that is the key. And I, and I see that in, in people's life. As they spend time with God, fellowshipping with him, as they come to church seeking him, as they go to the care group, you know, in fellowship with each other, you'll see that the fruit starts coming. And our pastor, Pastor Lau, is a very good example. You can see in his life where he started from the very beginning. And you can see as he follows God and he has a heart after God and he has a heart to want to see everyone here change. You, you can see how the fruit is growing and growing and growing. And that's the same way that should be happening in our life is, is as we spend time with the Lord uh, he, he wants us to grow and keep growing. He doesn't want us to stop anywhere. We shouldn't be stopped. Our, our hearts should be uh, in closeness with God, to love God, to continue to, to walking with him, and not letting the things of the world get us off track. So, so it says in, in verse 1, it says, I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that, uh, and branch that bears fruit, he prunes that he may bear more fruit. In, in, our, in our yard, we have this great big apple tree. And, and I don't think it's ever been pruned at all. So every year, I look out the window, and it's just a few fruit. Just, you know, there's, there's big branches. And there's just fruit, but not very much. And I don't think it's ever been pruned. But then now, if I try to prune it, it will probably have sprouts. You ever see a, a, a tree that's not pruned very well? It has shoots that goes straight up, so so if I prune it now, these shoots would, would go straight up, and it still wouldn't produce fruit because all the shoots take all the energy from the other branches. So so if a if so if a tree isn't pruned properly, it, it just won't produce fruit for for longest time. I don't know if you could ever. I don't know if I could ever make it produce fruit again because it's you know it just it's been going the same way too long. But in in the same way, if you have a tree that's pruned properly. You'll see that all the dead branches, you take all the dead branches off and you take all the branches that are taking too much energy from the other little branches on the apple tree. And then what happens is it'll produce a lot of fruit. And the fruit will be nice too. If, if anyone's ever gone out to Easter Washington when they're producing the, the fruit, you know, they're, they're trimming the trees. We, we drove by one time and all the people were out working. And that's what they do. They take out all the branches and make the tree you know, in a certain shape, which is going to produce the most fruit, and they just take the branches and you can see the big piles of branches laying all over, and then they clean them up. I imagine they burn them too. I think they can burn them out in Eastern Washington. So just like just like in the Bible, it's very the the uh, way the Bible explains it is very true. So in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, "Now though now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by." It. As we become Christians. God allows things to happen in our life to prune out things that, that he doesn't want. Sometimes that's suffering, um, sometimes circumstances. But there's, a, there's this pruning process that God has in our life. But if we don't go through it or if we don't allow him to work in our life, then we won't get to the point where we're going to produce fruit. We can have a, we can have a rebellious spirit against maybe some things that God wants to change or a sinful habit he wants us to repent from. So all the time, he's always working on us because his desire is for, for us to produce fruit. That's his desire for our life, to produce fruit for the kingdom because that's what we were created for. And when we accept Christ, he's, he's saying that we die on the cross and we die to ourselves and allow him to work through us. So that's, that's exactly what the Christian life is all about. It's all about dying to ourselves, giving our life to him, And so then he can start doing the the process, the pruning process. It says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Ephesians 5.26 That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water and the word. God's word is is a really good way. When When we spend time in God's word, meditating on God's word, it's a good way to get cleaned up by him. If we have if we have bad thoughts or we're struggling with some sinful habit or something, if we really spend time in God's word, that really helps our minds to, to clean up. It says, Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, I am him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Here again, we're seen abiding. We're staying with Jesus. We're walking with Jesus. We're spending time in his word and in fellowship. And in the growth process, that's where the growth process comes from. So God wants us, as new Christians, we have some fruit. As we grow, we have more fruit. And then as we grow more, we have much fruit. You can see the process. Some fruit. More fruit and much fruit. And as as Christians, when we're new Christians, we might produce a little bit of fruit. But as we grow and God prunes us and and changes us and makes us into more uh, like him, then we'll produce much fruit. It says, uh, If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciple so God wants us to glorify him with our lives. It's not, not about how we want things, and of course he, he blesses us with those things, but he wants to use us to glorify him. So if you think of it that way, you know, there's no, there's no chance of pride. If we say, okay, I am here because God wants me to be here to help, to help you, so that's, I'm glorifying God through me. It's not, it's not Neil. And, and in fact, I can't do this on my own. It only has to be through the Holy Spirit. So, that, so if we think that way, then we're glorifying the Father. In Psalm 1, 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in in the season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Again, here we're talking about plants, about the tree that's planted by the water. God really desires for us to prosper for the things of his kingdom. That's his his desire for our lives. Think, Think about where you came from when you first became a Christian, and think about where you're at now. How, how much have you changed? I think all of us changed a lot. But God wants us to change more. He wants us to grow more. He, he wants us to do more for, for his kingdom. And, and of course, we can't do it on our own. It's not that, oh, I have to do more, I have to do more, and then try to do something on your own. But it's more like, oh, I need to spend more time with God and fellowship with him so that he can use me more. That, that's what it is. It's, it's, I, I believe that's very key. You'll see the people who really spend a lot of time in the word and with God and growing in relationship with God. You'll see that God just naturally brings things for them to do. You know, He just naturally does it. That, it doesn't, we don't have to do anything. If, if God knows we're ready for going to another country and, and, and preaching in the big crusade, if, if we're ready for that, he can put that in our life. He can, he can allow that to happen. But if we're not ready for it, then we can't do it. But we become ready by our relationship with him and, and spending time with him. And... Okay, I want to suggest two kinds of fruit. Two, two kinds of fruit that come from abiding with Jesus and, and spending time with him. Two kinds of fruit. The first one comes from the inside. You know, God is always working at changing our inside. If you can tell, if I have a wrong attitude... If I have sinful thoughts, he's always working inside of my heart to change it, to change my thinking, to change the things, the things that I need to change. Always. He's always working inside of me. So Matthew 3.8 says, Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Uh, one of the characteristics of abiding in God and walking in with God is repentance. He, he starts working in our hearts, wanting to change, wanting to not, not sin, staying away from the things are, that cause us to sin before God. So that's, the, that's one, and it says Romans 6.22, but now, having been set free from sin and having become a slave of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end of everlasting life. Another, another uh, one is obedience and holiness. When we abide in Jesus and spend time with Jesus, that characteristic will come out in, in our life. And he's looking for that characteristic. He can't, he can't use us. He can't, uh, we can't bear much fruit unless we really have holiness and, and obedience because it's the opposite of what Satan wants. Satan wants us to live in sin and, and to be distracted from, from him. But, but God wants us to live a life of holiness and obedience. In Ephesians 5.9 it says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. In Ephesians 5.9. And then it says... In Galatians 5:22 and 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against uh, such there is no law. When we have that spending time with the Lord and, and abiding in the Lord, if these characteristics will start, will start coming out. And when we have these characteristics... What happens? People will want to come to know you. They'll wonder why you're so, you're so different. They'll wonder why you have so much love and joy and peace. You'll wonder why you have so much patience with your coworker or or your family member. That's why, that's why it's so important that we imbide in him and spend time. The, the Bible says that, that we are to live in the, in the spirit, not in the flesh. Whenever I'm in the flesh, I... I say the wrong thing, I I do the wrong thing, I I hurt somebody, or if I'm in the flesh, even though if I say something, I might think I'm saying something right, it's wrong. I can be wrong, and I I can hurt somebody, hurt hurt my fellow Christian, or hurt somebody. So, but if we're living in the Spirit, and we're abiding in in Jesus, we're spending time with Him, and be in the Spirit, then we we avoid these things in our life. Then then we can um, learn to listen to His voice, and then he can he can say, Oh no, don't say that. Or he can say he can say, Oh, don't do that. You know, he, he give us a warning. Okay, the second kind of fruit now is what comes from the outside. So as as God's doing the the first kind of fruit is the inside. Inward inward changing, then what happens? Naturally the outside comes. You know, whatever it is in our heart always comes out in action. You know, whether it's a sinful thought or sinful nature that'll come out in action but but God if we have Jesus and we abide in Jesus then what happens the things of Jesus will come out in our life it says the first one Romans 1 13 says now i do not want you to be unaware brother that i often planned to come to you but was hindered until now that i might have some fruit among you also just as among the gentiles you can see see paul his desire was to be fruitful he had the heart of wanting to reach everyone. He, he wanted to go everywhere. He wanted to preach the gospel to everyone. It doesn't matter who it was. It doesn't matter if someone was going to put him in jail or, or persecute him or give him a hard time. He didn't care. But, but you, you can see that his heart was, was so full of God that he wanted to produce fruit and bring people into the kingdom. Another one is, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to our Lord. Just, just as um, Pastor Tyson was talking about worship, uh, that's one of the fruit is when we walk down the street, are, are we, we, do we worship? Are we singing hymns and songs to, to Jesus? That's, that's, a, that's a fruit. That's a fruit of abiding in him. Once we learn about him and love him and, and, and fellowship with him, then the songs just come out naturally. And there's, and there's a lot of times, even in my own life, a song will come up that that pertains to a certain situation. You know, like say if I'm depressed or, or, or something that day, there, there'll be this song that comes up and it, it speaks directly to the situation. So that's happened to me a lot, actually. And, and a song, I'm not thinking about it at the time, but the Holy Spirit will bring it up and I can sing, sing that song toward the Lord. And then that gives me, that gives me victory. So as, as we have that, Walking in relationship with God, then it starts coming out, it starts coming out of our, our body. Uh, in Colossians 1.10, it says, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Walking worthy of the calling and fully pleasing him. The, the only way we can really please God is, is that our lives are totally sold out to him. It, it's, it's pleasing to Him, and and as that happens, when we when we change from our selfishness and what we want to do and, and our plan and goals, as we switch that thinking and say, okay, God, what is it that you're calling me to do? You know, I, I today I just give my life to you. What is what what is it that you want me to do? Then you'll see that supernaturally the things that that we desire He gives to you. It, it's it's totally amazing. You know, we think, oh, I'm going to give my life to God. Therefore, my life's going to be boring. Oh, therefore, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get anything from God. No, it's not that way. It's just the opposite. The, the more we give our lives to God and have a pleasing, pleasing to him, then these things will just come. He just gives it to us because he's so happy. You know, he's happy. Then it, it says, uh, another manifestation then when we abide with God and walk with God is Luke 4.18 The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recover of the sight to the blind, to set liberty to those who are oppressed. When Jesus received the Holy Spirit, what did he do when he walked on this earth? He preached the gospel to the poor. When we abide in Jesus, when we walk with Jesus, what happens? Our desire for the lost increases. You know, we, we, shouldn't be able, we should be able to walk into a, a Starbucks and not have a desire for the people around us to know Jesus. Every, everywhere we go, when we abide with, with Jesus and walk with Jesus, you know, it's going to be natural for us to want to preach the gospel to everybody. So that's, that's one, one fruit that we can think about. Well, do I have a burden for the lost? Do I have a burden for the person on the street who has the sign up? You know, do I have a burden for them? Do I have the, a burden for the people overseas who, who are poor and, do, and don't know Jesus or who are oppressed by other governments? I'm, I'm excited about some of the young people here who, who have that burden you know, for the child trafficking because that's, that's, that's the heart of God. And if they can somehow reach them for the kingdom, tell them about Jesus, then they're being set free. The captive is being set free. And that's the heart. That's the heart of the Father. He He sent He sent Jesus to heal the brokenhearted. When we have the love of Jesus, we have the, we have are full of His Spirit because we have, we abide in Him. What happens? We can pray for someone who has a broken heart. There's many broken hearts nowadays. Many broken relationships, families that are broken. That the enemy just wants to destroy people, and so. What can we do when we pray for them? Heal a the broken hearted; they'll they'll get they'll get healed. Proclaim liberty to the captives, just as Pastor uh, Kenny was singing. You know, bringing, bringing uh, liberty and, and freedom to the captives, recovering to the sight to the blind. When I when I'm looking at this one, I can see two of them: our physical sight, but also blindness to, to the enemies, to the enemy. So we want to bring Christ and His love. To the people who are blinded and don't know Jesus. Because they are blinded. They don't, they don't understand. Then, in, um, then to set liberty to those who are oppressed. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, I think everyone knows this one, but it's important. Let's, let's go, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. When I, when I look at this, it says, I just want everybody to get this. It's all nations. It's not just one individual here and here, but it's, but it's all nations. And we can see in Thailand that God wants to bring Christ to the, to the whole nation. And as the Chinese come, the same thing. There's a lot of Chinese that have been coming to our church, and he wants to bring Jesus to the whole uh, Mandarin-speaking group. That's, that's the way we have to think. We're not so much thinking about individual, but, but nations. He's saying nations. One thing, too, is that, that I had this thought the other day, is that we should all adopt one nation. You know, Since we're called to do a na- disciple a nation, we should adopt a nation and start, start praying for it, start um, praying for the missionaries there, praying for revival there. So if God puts that on your heart to, to adopt a nation, I, I want to encourage you to do that. Is, is there some nation, some group of people that God put in your heart? It's time to start praying for them. It can be here too. It doesn't have to be overseas, but it can be here. There's, there's, many, uh, there's many nations here, right here. So I want to challenge you. Is, is God calling you to a nation, to pray for a nation, to reach out to a nation? Matthew twenty four fourteen it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. See here we hear nations again. And then the end will come. God wants us to produce fruit of, of preaching the gospel to the nations. That's that's his desire for us. So let's put it in our heart, put it in our mind to abide in Him and seek Him, seek His face, seek His will for our lives. Seek what nation or group of people he wants us to reach. Seek what purpose he has for us. Right now, I just pray that that, that desire will start stirring in your hearts, that God can, can send the Holy Spirit into your hearts right now, that, that you will be uh, a desire for the group of people that God wants you to reach out to. For the Son of Man, this is Matthew sixteen twenty seven. For the Son of Man will come in glory of his Father with his angels and he will reward each one according to his works. Last, last Sunday, I was just telling Mary Jo, I just had this thought. I just, we were just sitting and I just had this thought. Well, what happens right now, I mean, just right at this minute, that the sky opened up and Jesus came with his angels. I mean, the, the sky would just open up and he would come. Are, are we ready for that? Are we ready for his return? Have we done the things that God has called us to do? Just, just think about that. Right when, right when that time happens, the world ends. This the world as we know it ends. Are, are we ready for that? You know, have we told the people that God's called us to tell about Jesus? Have we done the things that God called us on this earth to do? It was really a sobering thought for me. It says, "Well, no, I, I'm not even close. I'm not even close to to um, the way I live and how how God wants me and what God wants me to do." So that's the challenge today is the challenge. What is it that God wants me to do? Ask him. Okay.
1: I just want to share a little bit from Matthew 9. And it goes along with what Neil was sharing. And this is what the Lord put in my heart. But it said that Jesus went into all the towns and all the cities And that he taught in their synagogues. And he preached the gospel of the kingdom. And it said that he healed every disease and sickness. And it said that he saw the people. He said they were weary and they were tired. And they were scattered like sheep not having a shepherd. And you know, when you look around the world today, that's the exact situation we're in. It's like the people are tired. The people are confused. The people don't understand why they're here, what their purpose in life is. If you look at the statistics, suicide is growing and growing and growing. Why? Because the people don't understand who they are. They don't know that they were created by the Almighty God. They don't know that they were created for his purposes. They don't know that Jesus loves them and died for their sins. And they're not going to know unless we tell them. See, the Lord... Co-labors with us. Jesus already finished the work on the cross. That's been done. But just just as Neil was sharing, we're to work with Jesus. The last mandate of the Lord, the last commission to the disciples was go and make disciples of all nations, in teaching them everything I've commanded with you. And lo, I'm with you always till the end of the earth. So you may think, Well, I you know, why are you guys sharing this? i know all this but yes we must do it it's not enough to have it up here but it has to go down to the heart and and jesus he said you know everything that the lord jesus did he submitted to the father he didn't speak anything unless the father told him he didn't go anywhere unless the father told him to go there he spent time in prayer just as neil was saying he was abiding he was listening he was taking marching orders from him and it seems so simple and that we know it but yet i don't think any of us can say that we are that submitted and yielding to the holy spirit and to the lord jesus christ so i just i want to challenge you too that we we take god's word seriously and we know that god can use us each and every person in this room god can use you You know, you don't have to be a great preacher. You don't have to have a great healing gift. All you have to do is abide in Jesus and listen to him. He'll show you what to do. And he will anoint you to do it. Because it's not us. See, I am the vine and you are the branch. Apart from me, you can't do anything. And when we come to that understanding is, you know what? It's not our abilities. It's not our capabilities. It's not what we can do. It's what jesus can do through us when we yield and surrender to him so it's never about us it's about him so we need to come to that point in our life that we're so yielded to the lord and we say yes lord send me send me i'm willing i'm willing to do what you ask me to do you know when we go out for evangelism we always ask the lord you know guide us and lead us and send us to the person that you want there's never been one time when we've gone out, that God hasn't sent a divine appointment to us. Not one time. You know, myself and Neil, before we go to work, we pray, God, give us divine appointments. Give us someone to speak to, to share with, to pray for. Every day it happens. You may not be praying out loud for someone, but you may see someone, and you can see that they may have a demon. They may be discouraged. They may be depressed or have oppression on them. You can pray for them. That's when God shows you that person, that's the Holy Spirit. You know, be obedient. Let him stir your heart. Say a prayer for them. You may be the only person that's praying for them. They may come from a generation of people that don't know God. <laughs> you may be the only person that's praying for that person out there. And you know what? As was shared, God answers our prayers. It says, you know, it says the harvest is plentiful but the labors are few. I believe that as Jesus spoke to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful. It hasn't changed now. It's not any different. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Are we willing to be laborers? Are we willing to listen to the Holy Spirit? Are we willing to set aside our own agenda and our own time and spend that time in prayer In the Word of God, allowing God's Word to cleanse us, to change us for His purposes. You know, I like what Neil was sharing, how the Lord, you know, spoke to him. If the skies opened up and Jesus came back, how do we feel? Did we fully live our lives for the Lord? Did we do everything that He's called us to do? It's the eternal things. Thank God that he blesses us in this life, that we have families and we have jobs. And, and, you know, the Lord says that he gives us all good things richly to enjoy. God wants us to enjoy our lives. It's not like, you know, we're not, it's, oh, you know, everything's a big burden. It is an exciting adventure to follow God and to see what he's going to do in our lives. It's an exciting adventure to see that we as weak people with not much of anything, that as we hook up to him. His spirit works through us, and great and mighty things can happen. Yeah.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, let's invite Pastor Kennedy to come up, and he's going to play a little bit. And as, as he plays, let's just think about abiding with him. Think about the time that we spend in our, in our daily life. How, how productive are we for, for his kingdom? And it's true, if we look at this world the way it is now, it's, it's really getting worse and worse and worse. And so our, our hearts, um, I was telling uh, Pastor Tyson, too, that you know, we, our hearts should be turning more toward heavenly things, not, not earthly things. I know, I know all our lives were ingrained in the, in the um, American dream, you know, houses and cars and all these things. Our, we've been ingrained in that for a really long time. But as we see things happening in our country, happening in the world, our minds should be shifting. As we spend time with God, our, our minds should be shifting, shifting more to spiritual things, more toward eternal things, more thinking that, oh, heaven, let's let's have our treasures in heaven, not on this earth. I, I really believe that's the a message that he wants to speak to all of us about. I, I know we have to work And we have to provide for our families and have to have our, we do have to have our houses and things, but but yet you know God will supply those things, but, but we need to have more of the eternal perspective and who knows how close we are to to Jesus returning because we see the events happening in, in Israel, we see how the the armies are, are getting they 're getting more and more aggressive toward Israel, and even the United States is pulling pulling away from it from Israel not not supporting Israel like it used to and so as we see that happening we have to realize that we are getting closer to his return I know when, and everybody's been saying that for years they've probably been saying it for 2,000 years but yet but yet if we look at the circumstances if we look at all the disasters and all the problems and all the oppressive governments and and you know what what are we we have the power of, the, of God we have the power of the Holy Spirit so what what are we doing about it with our lives we we have a choice we can either make our lives count for God have eternal rewards we can have a fulfilling life because we know that we're helping other people so much or we can live our own selfish life and and all our works will be burned the Bible says that our works will be burned so we want the works that are going to outlast eternity the works so let's just take this time then and let's just just spend a little time meditating and Saying God, you know, I haven't been living my life. I haven't been uh, abiding with you. I haven't been spending time with you. I've been preoccupied with other things. So let's let's pray that God will clear our minds up and clear our hearts, and and let's just say to Him, you know, we we can't look at how small a group is, but but I see I see when I look at everyone here, even though it's a small group, it's not at ten thousand. Person church or twenty thousand person church or fifty thousand person church, but if we have good, solid people with foundation, we can do more than the, in the fifty thousand member church. We we can do more. We can do more for His kingdom. So we never look and despise small things, but we look we look to the greater. We look inside of us and, and say, well, we can do things greater. And and, and just like we were talking about today. We, he wants us to produce fruit, more and more and more fruit with our life, lifetime. So let's just have that um, desire to say, God, you know, I want to produce fruit for Your kingdom. I know that that's the only what matters—eternity, the things of eternity, the things of the, the heaven. That's that's all it that really matters. And so I just pray that for everyone um, today, that You would place it in their hearts, the idea of turning our affections to heaven and to eternal things turning our affections to the things you, you have for us the things that you're calling us to do I pray that you just give us a willing spirit um, obey, obey and have a willing spirit to do the things that you call us to do and, and, I, and I just pray too that you help us to wait maybe, maybe there's some of us who want to do greater things, want to do big things but help us to wait until you prune us Till you change our character, to you make us uh, more like you, and that way uh, we'll be ready. So, so if it's not time, maybe maybe it's not time for the big things, but yet help us to wait till, till the timing is right. So let's just take a moment and let's just focus on Him and say, God, I I uh, just want to give my life to you. And if there's anyone here too who who says, "Why I don't know." much of what you're talking about I don't know what it means to spend time with Jesus but Jesus came he died on the cross he, he destroyed sin and death and rose again that's that's the hope that we have eternal life so if anyone here um, does not know this Jesus yet uh, we, have a, we have a great mighty God so if there's anyone here maybe raise up your hand and say Jesus today I give my life to you I, I'm calling uh if anyone here doesn't know this Jesus that we're talking about, just raise your hand and say, Jesus, come to my life. I want to know who you are. I want to know the, the great things that you have for my life. So if anyone here, just, just raise your hand. Raise your hand and, and make a, a public confession. Um, Wants to make that commitment to abiding in Him and becoming more like Jesus and and being used mightily for His kingdom purposes. Uh, let's let's come up to the front. Let's make a public confession that says, "Okay, I want to do Your will. I want to be a part of Your kingdom. I want to do eternal things." So let's uh, let's make that public confession before everyone, and and then we'll we'll end in prayer.
1: To be a vessel
0: that you were